And that's why I believe in you because that is the greatest purpose. It's to love. Honest. It's to, it sounds corny. Whatever you want to say, I don't care. I love people because there is freedom and power in loving people. Hello, all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we have the crazy belief that creating success and happiness is a daily conscious effort, which is why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week. I'm your host, Brandon Beecham, and each and every Wednesday, you can tune in to hear me interview a different consciousness changemaker that is out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness all across Spaceship Earth. On the other four weekdays, you can tune in to myself and my co-host, Dalian, giving interpretations of our favorite thought-provoking quotes, sharing a bit of inspiring or mysterious news, taking questions from the audience, and digging into any other mind-expansive topics that will help keep your soul fed by tuning you in to positive vibrations on a regular basis. Also, this Positive Head podcast is definitely a labor of love for Dalian and I, but make no mistake, it takes a lot of time, energy, and resources to produce five episodes each and every week for you, our listeners. So if you enjoy the Positive Head podcast, it would be stellar and much appreciated if you showed us your support at positivehead.com by picking up one of our unique Positive Head bracelets. Of course, you would most certainly be helping yourself in the process because it functions as much more than just another stylish accessory. And if you haven't ever seen one, they're really cool, simple little bracelets with our Flower of Life Sacred Geometry inspired logo. They're actually made out of recycled tires and metal, so our intention is, of course, to do something positive by giving new life to previously discarded goods, and as far as their functionality goes, they act as a daily reminder to help you focus on the positive aspects of your daily life. The concept was actually inspired by studies that you can read about on our our website, but besides that, many people believe just wearing something with sacred geometry is empowering in and of itself, uh, which you can also read about on our site. And of course, as the Buddha once famously said, what you think you become. So we believe having something on your wrist that reminds you to keep a positive head, the same way a Fitbit reminds you to keep active, makes a whole lot of sense. Of course, we charge way less than Fitbit for helping you to manage your mental health because we let you name your price for your positive head bracelet. The reason we do that is because our heartfelt intention is to spread the positivity at all costs, first and foremost. That is our primary aim. And we don't ever want money to stand in the way of somebody wearing one. So if money is super tight and you want to pay as low as our cost to get one, no problem. On the flip side, if you love our podcast and just hit the lotto and want to show us your support by paying a million dollars for one, well, that won't hurt our feelings much either, I assure you. All right, everyone, welcome to your daily dose of soul food for thought. Hello, Dalian. Oh, I like that. <laughs> soul food for thought. Hi there. Hi Kionda. there. Well, that's um, actually in our description on iTunes and maybe some other places. I don't know. There's many uh, iterations of descriptions of the podcast that exist out there, but yeah. Yes, there have been, but... Uh, here within the next day or so when I when I can finally do it I will exactly <laughs> I will make sure that they're more all unified yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, that's really the point it, it, what this whole podcast comes down to for me personally is first and foremost uh reminding myself what I need to focus on each and every day and of course sharing that 
with you, the listeners, is uh, certainly a pleasure, an honor, and a privilege. And, um, you know, there's nothing that I know of that is more important than maintaining your vibration. So that's really what this is about. And a lot of times we're repeating the same sort of things or talking about it from different angles or having guests that talk about it from a slightly different angle or perspective. And it's repetition, repetition, repetition. How does someone get good at being a Olympic swimmer? It's not by uh, going to the beach one time uh, per summer. So oh, absolutely. It, it takes uh, a lot of repetition. And especially when we're un- we're having to unlearn everything that our culture and society has really taught us unless you've been fortunate enough to be raised um, by someone or somewhere where this sort of information is prevalent in which case it's second nature to you uh you know if the the average person in the average western world i guess you would call it um not that someone not in the western world can't listen to this but probably most of our listeners um and you know, it's just, uh, it, we're really having to unlearn, you know, it's like the natives refer to us, uh, Native Americans I've heard referred to us before as a little brother. You know, we think we're so advanced and so beyond and so intelligent and so much smarter than aboriginals and things like that. And when really, we have uh, distorted what it means to be uh, human and alive in so many ways. And now we're having to go back and sort of get back in touch with our, our roots. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because, uh, yeah, the way you phrased it uh, made me think, and I, I, of course I agree with what you said, but it, uh, it made me think of this sort of spin. Uh, we, You could say that we are definitely more advanced than the Native Americans, peoples who, who lived here. Technologically speaking. Uh, yes, yeah. exactly. We, our society is way more advanced in every way. It's questionable whether that's better or yeah. not. You know, right, their right, right. Simpler way of being. So yeah, that's cool that there's been, you know, a more, you know, a much more widespread recognition than that, um, you know, our society suffers from certain ills that, you know, we're hoping Imagine to Imagine the magic we will create as we take our technological advancements forward, our, our spiritual uh, evolution catches up with our technological evolution, so to speak. And uh, I've heard it put that way before, and I couldn't agree more. That's the problem with society is, you know, our technological evolution has outpaced our spiritual evolution. And uh, here we are. It's like uh, giving a uh, bazooka to a uh, 12-year-old. You don't know exactly what you're going to get in, with the result of having that much power and someone that immature uh, in their hand. Uh, so that's essentially what we're doing. We're maturing spiritually and reclaiming uh, who we are and, and becoming uh adults <laughs> collectively in a good way <clears throat> with the child the childlike quality of course i always love to say consider me the poster child for adulthood and uh <laughs> that uh, that says it also well you're absolutely right about what you said about the podcast though brandon because it, it has had that effect on me and you predicted that it would be like that i mean many months ago when we you know launched positive head and uh, i started trying to write as many you know blogs as i could at least one blog per week and sometimes more, but, you know, definitely trying to um, get my thoughts out there in blog form to share with everyone, but also for myself, you know, it would be like a bit of a meditation. And it's, uh, you know, all these episodes and all these blogs later, it definitely has had this effect of repetition and, uh, yeah. you know, helping instill and deepen. And, it's like uh, going to the gym, you yeah. know, the, the, the for, gym for the for soul. Your, yeah, right? exactly. Soul food for thought. Uh, gym, you know, soul exercise gym. for the We soul. could go on and on, people, but we won't. So, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Dalian, what do we got today in way of a mysterious or inspiring story? 
Um, well, these are uh, a couple of the more sort of scientific-minded stories that we also like to bring you. Oh, a couple. Uh, yeah, as opposed to the more, you know, like worse, you know, Bigfoot's been cited kind of stories that we, you know, <laughs> once in a while we'll mention as well. Uh, uh, yeah, well, uh, at Burning Man, you can come to uh, the camp, uh, my camp, Intergalactic Sasquatch Village. Uh, shout out to all the Sasquatches out there. And then you can spot many Bigfoot. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, that was a uh, veiled and subtle, exactly, a little yeah. <laughs> like, hint about that. But uh, uh, no, I've got a, a couple of interesting, very interesting stories that I came uh, across, actually. One of them has become a bit of a uh, scientific announcement that's coming up here on Thursday, Brandon. Uh-huh. It's the work of uh, something called the LIGO or L-I-G-O. It's a laser interferometer um, gravitational wave observatory. Wow, and this is yeah, this is a uh, joint project that's been uh, mostly been um, going on at MIT and Caltech, but a whole bunch of uh, you know organizations and schools are participating, and they're trying to essentially discover gravitational waves. Now, what that means is it's something that's important to physics, especially quantum physics, because gravity is a bit of a mystery there. Um, the, the, the way that gravity, um, actually incorporates with everything else, uh, from the standpoint of quantum physics, Brandon, mm-hmm. it's something that's been a puzzle since the beginning. So like, for example, Albert Einstein couldn't, um, quite crack that essentially. <clears throat> and, you know, my understanding is very crude, of course, but, um, essentially what it is, is that, um, they don't quite understand how gravity exerts its force because, um, as we all know, uh, gravity is a function of mass, for example, right? That's the That would be the Newtonian side of that whole thing, right? So from the Newtonian physics side of things, they know exactly, you know, what gravity does and, you know, how it works, et cetera. But once you get into the quantum realm where everything's very tiny, right? Yeah. Uh, the forces that exist in that realm and all the laws that apply, of course, are very radically different, right? Yeah. From Newtonian physics. And so there it's where the whole disconnect between gravity and all the other forces, the electromagnetic force, atomic, et cetera, is where, where that whole disconnect happens. Ah. And so um, this announcement that they're getting ready to make, um, I mean, the LIGO has been doing their work for many years and, um, you know, they've up- upgraded their equipment significantly, et cetera. They're still on track to, I guess, um, reach their ideal sort of uh, perfect or ideal design that they were, that they set out to accomplish in time here in like under 10 years, I think, but it's still a ways out. So whatever announcement they have on Thursday, of course, they're implying that it's going to be major, but uh, perhaps they have finally detected gravitational waves. And if so, Brandon, that would... And they're coming from parallel realities, man? <laughs> yeah, perhaps. I mean, yeah, there's been so many tantalizing little glimpses lately, right? Oh, that, that would be so thing. cool. So, yeah, that would be very cool. But um, the other story that I had found and I will quickly mention this one, is a paper by a couple of uh, mathematicians from Kazakhstan, actually, Brandon. Wow. Yeah, and it's really interesting because they looked at it, and of course, these guys being mathematicians, they looked at it from through their lens, right? They used math to uh, go over the human genome, and they basically were looking at it and just thinking the way that the information is organized in the mm-hmm. human genome. Mm-hmm. And of course, you're talking about like, you know, billions of or something like billions or trillions of bits of data really Mm -hmm. that are like there encoded, right? Biologically. But they were like, this is just incredibly advanced. They were like, this just doesn't seem like an accident. It seems like a, you could say non-human intelligence organized this. So their paper essentially makes reference to the wow signal. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of that wow signal, which is, yeah, something we supposedly got. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So they give the, um, 
analogy that the human genome could be like an alien wow signal that's been sort of sent here wow. and you know we are essentially wow. it so, yeah that is really cool isn't it <laughs> that made me go wow uh, naturally uh-huh. um so they're essentially saying that the human genome when they're looking at it uh so intricately they realize it's so advanced and it's the way that it's structured that it's quite possibly the hidden signal coming in through the genome showing evidence sort of a signature of uh, extraterrestrial design yes and to me that makes sense but again kind of like you said earlier the implications of that are so profound and they they go off in many different directions so we could talk about that and of course they talk you know and you have all these ancient texts and so forth that reference this sort of thing yes going to you know going back to zachariah sitchin's exactly work and you know others going back to the ancient sumerians and all these ancient a lot of ancient texts even people um you know, suggest that that's what the, the Bible is really referring to. and Exactly. This is an article from unexplainedmysteries.com, by the way, Brandon, uh-huh. that um, makes reference to what you're um, sort of tangentially touching upon, which is what they've called before the ancient astronaut theory. Right. And it's the idea that we are essentially um, astronauts because we've been bi- biologically engineered, but we essentially come from, or, or our, you know, genetic code comes from, comes from somewhere else. Yeah. So. Wow. Cool stories, Mr. Dalian. Thank you for sharing. I shall uh, be anxiously watching for this gravitational announcement to see. uh, I'm just got my fingers crossed that it has something to do with gravity uh, leaking something from another parallel reality, which I've heard theories of before. So wouldn't that be like, (laughs) that would be a big, big announcement. Uh, We'll see. Uh, let's see. What else do we got going on here? Uh, we had, if you guys remember last week sometime, I don't remember, uh, I put out there as a joke. Uh, if you can say Positive Head Podcast five times really fast, uh, I'll give you a free bracelet. And Diego Artiga actually took me up on that and uh, he recorded through uh, the website. You can leave a voicemail. And uh, he uh, recorded himself saying positive head podcast positive head podcast positive head podcast five times really fast that was just three um Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so yeah diego shout out to you i hope you enjoy your bracelet my friend um let's see uh we also received more uh another question rather from uh from prit who had talked to us and written in last week about parallel realities oh he followed up with us yeah he followed up cool. and uh very he or she, of course yeah it's a right. he he actually oh, okay, cool, uh, cool. confirmed right on and uh, and of course, guys, this is something that we really, really encourage. If you're a regular listener, even if you're a first time listener, we love interacting with you, the audience. Uh, it it makes us feel connected. Yes, to and you. there's no question too weird, too out there, too silly. You know, if it's related to something that questions, we, you know, comments, to, smart room remarks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we prefer yeah. questions and comments. Yeah, and don't uh, make your remarks too smart. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> no, exactly. But we'd love to take a crack at you know answering them. We don't. Uh, pretend to have all the answers but we certainly have a lot of ideas and uh (laughs) strong opinions about things and we're happy to share them and uh, dig in and try and see what we can do to give you uh our perspective on what it is that you're asking about now um prit responded back saying you know thank you for the parallel reality show i listened to it a couple times it was really really cool uh he he said i would very much like to hear your opinions about the meaning of life 
which of course, Dalian, is what I ask at the end of every interview episode, right? Because uh, I want to hear my guest. I have that same curiosity. What is your idea of the meaning of life, Mr. Guest? Um, so anyway, he said, I'd, I'd very much like to hear your opinions about the meaning of, of life. I mean, not only the meaning of life as human beings, but also beyond that. My belief about the uh, meaning of human life is not to cause harm to anyone and eventually to break free of the karmic cycle. Then we also break free of the reincarnation process and maybe become a guardian angel to someone in our soul family and help them to fulfill their life contracts. But what then? If they say that all we do is collect experiences to our source infinitely and let it learn about itself, doesn't there become a time when the source learns everything there is to learn? It's the infinite part that is a little scary since we have no way of understanding that. Um, another great question from Pritt. Uh, and I will take a, uh, a crack at answering it. Uh, and I will call in some help from uh, my friend. Uh, I'll call him my friend because he's part of the, the soul family uh, connection that we're a part of. He, he was here just a few years. Actually, he passed right before I was born. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll also roll this into sort of the positive pondering breakdown of the day. Alan Watts said, the meaning of life is just to be alive. It is so plain and obvious and so simple. And yet everyone rushes around in a great panic as if we're as if it were necessary to achieve something beyond themselves. And this is a great, great quote. I've seen it uh, many times and uh, it immediately popped into my head for this question. And of course, Pritt's uh, question is, it goes beyond just human life. And and I'll touch on that as well. But um, as far as us here and now, that's really the only thing that we can see that exists. It's the only thing that's available. Anything else is outside of our reach. Our past is outside of our reach. Our future is outside of our reach. And in the now, there's only one thing to do, be fully present. And if you're being fully present, what are you doing? You're being alive. You're being alive to the utmost. And uh, that is where all the joy comes from. That's where all the experience comes from. And it's so simple when you look at the now, how little you really have to work with in a good way. It's, It's simplicity at its finest. You can take and look into yourself and drum up and play with vibrations. That's really what the meaning of life to play with vibrations in the moment and to take control of those vibrations so that they're pleasing ones. Um, because if you are drumming up feelings of anxiety in the moment, you're going to feel bad. If you're drumming up feelings of love and abundance and 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 uh, appreciation and gratitude, you're going to feel good. And it's as simple as that to be alive fully and drum up vibration in the moment. Now, Pritt's question really goes well beyond that and says, what about, you know, what about beyond this life? And I think it's a very good uh, theory and it's one that resonates closely with me, Pritt, is, you know, um, to, to break free of the sort of human um, chain, the, the, the karmic cycle, so to speak. And I, I, I believe that's, there's some truth to that. Um, and of course, there, there's no, there's different meanings, different di- di- depending on the perspective we're looking from. So when we talk, it's, it's sort of hard because you can have different meanings for the same thing, uh, depending on the perspective. So uh, once again, I'm going to do my very best to just kind of, and I might jump around a little bit, but as far as the karmic cycle, um, I think the way, I believe the way we get off the karmic cycle is by stopping engaging and taking the trigger. So what you're all going to find as you go about your life is these things that trigger you. And you're going to notice if you're really paying attention and present in the now, when when it happens, you're going to see, oh, here's someone triggering me 
maybe it's a different face. Maybe it's the same face. Maybe it's my brother. Maybe it's my sister, my parent. Maybe it's a new face, but it's triggering you in the same way that you've always been triggered. And you create more karma between you and that being when you react in a way that, you know, it takes two to tango, as they say. And when you're reacting to something, especially if it's a big event, you are, uh, per, you know, perpetuating karmic entanglement with that being. So let's say someone does something that is, um, you know, not nice or, or, you know, unjust to you. Well, you can lash out with a revenge and get back and all those things. But now what happens? It just turns into this thing where there's, there's entanglement. You hurt me. Now I hurt you. Now you hurt me. Now I hurt you. And that goes on for eternity until someone says, oh, I see what's going on here. I see this game. I'm not going to play. I tap out. Oh, you just offended me. You just did me wrong. I send you love. Bam. That's how you cut the karmic cycle. So I, I agree with that thought. Once we break that, let's say we all break that and we get to the point we become, you know, free of karmic ties in some way and, and then becoming a guardian angel or something, or, you know, for someone else in our soul family while they fulfill their life contract. Yeah, I, I believe there's certainly entities that are connected to us that are non-physical. There's certainly a lot of uh, people who claim to have interacted with these beings and seen them. I can't say that I have personally, but uh, you know, there's so many people that have had interactions and full dialogues with their you know, uh, quote unquote, you know, guardian angel, uh, guardian angel, spirit guide, um, what have you. So I think that's a very uh, likely role that through, uh, you know, eternity, you might choose to play. Um, and, you know, the biggest part of your question is, w don't you run out? <laughs> what happens when it's done it all? And here's another quote from Alan Watts that I love. And it says, you, in quotes, is the universe looking at itself from billions of points of view, points that come and go so that the vision is forever new. You do not ask what is the value or what is the use of this feeling of what use is the universe? What is the practical application of a million galaxies? So what I love about this quote is he's, he gives a perspective. You is the universe looking at itself from billions of points of view. Points that come and go so that the vision is forever new. And, you know, I've heard it said before, when you pass and when you're on the other side, you get the option of what life you want to sort of live next. And maybe there's options based off of which version, which character most closely resonates with where you are at, where you're vibrating at. So if I come out of this life and I've achieved a certain amount of growth, now I go to the next, you know, I go beyond and I say, okay, there's all the, I'm at all and there's infinite versions of me. So which ones are the closest resonance with what I am at this moment based off of that particular life I just exited, right? And it's like, oh, you have this option. You can be character, you know, XYZ, you can be character, uh, you know, whatever this character, maybe on this planet, maybe in this plane of reality, maybe, you know, and these, so you actually then step into that character's role. So by this idea, it's like other souls perhaps have been Brandon Beecham. What a wild concept, right? As you resonate with, uh, it's, it's sort of like the character is, is static in a sense, but then there's all kinds of variables about which path the character takes. And as souls, you inhabit the, uh, the character that resonates closest to where you were last life. And I think this is a really interesting perspective, uh, theory about how it could work. 
Um, and, you know, you talked about, well, what happens when sources learned it all? Well, that's the thing, Pritt, you know, and it's, you said it very well. It's, it, we have no way of understanding the, the idea of infinity, eternity. But if you can just think about it in this way that, you know, source is infinite in all directions. So it never stops. You can't ever catch up because it's always unfolding. So every time you think you've done it all, there's more to do. Every new plateau you reach, there's another vista, which puts you, opens up a whole new expanse, a whole new universe in front of you that's all new in, in every way to you. So it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. It's truly, you know, infinite there is no beginning and, and, and no end and and that of course makes our minds melt i know uh, my brain's oozing a little bit out of my ear at the moment <laughs> but <laughs> no it's uh it's a lot to take in but you know that's really the only way that i i can come to grasp with the concept of of it all it's just imagine it continuing to unfold and never stopping and so you never catch it you never which you know brings you right back to just being in the now and knowing that you'll never get it done. You know, Abraham Hicks talks about this a lot. You'll never get it done. There's always more. And Absolutely. That's, uh, that's reassuring, isn't it? In a lot of ways, it feels, it sounds true. It feels true to me. But let's bring in someone else's perspective, Dalian. What do you think? Yeah. Alan Watts's perspective. Ah, what is, a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you, you, of course, referenced him already. But uh, no, I've found that... Um, from everything that you've uh, played with him before, of him before in this particular clip, that my own view on this whole thing is uh, pretty closely aligned to his. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Let's take a listen to what Alan Watts says. I, uh, this particular uh, clip is called Seeking for Meaning in Life, and I found it on uh, YouTube AMP 3083 page. Uh, let's take a listen. Yes. Lady is standing by the pillar. So the question is, is there then no need for man to seek for a meaning in his life? Not only his life, but the life of the universe. Right. No, there is no need to seek for a meaning. Meaning, I use the word in rather a definite way. And for me, meaning is a function of signs particularly of words and symbols. Meaning is the referent of words, as when we take the word water, the meaning of it is something drinkable, whereas the sound water is not drinkable. So therefore, if we ask life to have a meaning, we look for something other than life to be that meaning. And therefore we reduce life to a being mere words and mere symbol. Now, of course, you may use the word meaning in a less precise way. And say now, although the music of Bach has no meaning in the sense that it is not like the music of Tchaikovsky, uh, designed to imitate natural events and noises, Nevertheless, it has meaning in the sense that it enchants us, it, uh, the patterns of it ravish us in the same way as uh, abstract patterns in an arabesque. 
that's a little different sense of the word meaning. And yes, I would say that life has that kind of meaning, but the, you don't seek it. Because if you seek it, you lose it. I see the process of life as an essentially musical process which has no meaning except itself. It is going round in circles like we love to spin in circles when we're dancing. Like children love to spin around in circles till they get dizzy. That's fun. And so the articulation of wonderful patterns is the meaning of life. If you seek for meaning, now this applies to all seekers, I'm sorry growth seekers, but Seeking's all right. I mean, it's a free country. <laughs> but it uh, invariably takes you away from what you're looking for. Because every search supposes, I will find it later, not now. In the next moment, that somehow by some gimmick, by some exercise, by some uh, process of transformation, I will later discover what I want. This is postponement. Yes. I cannot agree with you what part you can reach. Yes. Because I feel that it's much more profound than that. And that if you do have a, uh, if you do seek meaning, it doesn't take away from life, it gives to life. And it gives it much more meaningful well, this is a matter of words, uh, my friend, because uh, you may think that dancing is superficial, whereas I think it's profound, uh, and so on. And uh, the, the, I, I suggested two meanings of the word meaning, uh, one of which is merely uh, reduces life to being symbolic of something else, something always beyond, then I'm going to ask, what's the meaning of that? And then we get into that infinite regression of questions. I feel that instead of getting into these infinite regressions of what is beneath, what is behind, look, it's right out in front of you now. And when you catch on to that, now gets very profound. I mean, it's the moment when nothing becomes something. And I don't see how much profounder than that you can get. Yes. But isn't hide and seek sort of the essential game and seeking fun in itself, even if you never Oh, yes, I'm telling you, that's I agree with. Seeking can be fun, but it won't get you to what you're looking for. <laughs> you see, it's a way, seeking is a way of postponing finding. Let's put it off. You see, children on a hot day, they're terribly thirsty. And they say, let's get an ice cream soda. Now the kid says, no, let's get thirstier. So when we finally get the ice cream soda, it'll be a real song. <laughs> this is the principle of postponement. And everybody who is questing, who is practicing yoga and uh, Zen meditation, all that kind of thing, is putting off that ice cream soda. Well, but if that's the case, what do you propose? What do I propose? Nothing. <laughs> Quite that way, because then you will say nothing is something, and then we'll go around it again. <laughs> <laughs> but if you really believe that, 
exactly. There would be no excellent society. After all, we all are into whether it's doing something or thinking something. We definitely are not just feeling that we're going to sit and let everything happen to us. Why did I come here? If I, if I, or why did anyone come here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, look here. When you ask always, why did you come? I repeat, that is a barren question. Why did you do it? Why did this happen? It goes a, a question that peters out. So this is, this is not important. What is important, surely, is, is, is this immediate now. Not why are we here, but what are we here? In, unless you live in the eternal now, consciously, you have no use for plans. Because people who live in the future, or for the future, when their plans come off, they're not there enjoying them. They're planning for another future. They never catch up with themselves. Can you, not, can you not put uh, your future in the now? Cannot yes, in that sense. Of course. When you make plans, you plan now. And that can be a gas, making plans. But for goodness sake, do it in the now spirit, rather than, as it were, oh, if I can't wait till that happens. Because then if you're in I can't wait spirit, you just bolt life, like somebody swallowing food so fast they can neither taste nor digest it. Yes. Aren't there really two different ways you can search for something? The second one almost isn't a search. There's the way of intellectually trying to figure it out and plan it, and there's the way of experiencing it. Even and, and part of your experience would be taking in what would happen in the future. And that second way isn't a bad search. It's just really being. Yeah. So, so isn't there a type? That's the type of searching for meaning that would be okay. That would be fulfilling. Well. Yes. Uh, there is a the searching in a spirit that the search is more fun than the finding you know that when you're when you're traveling for example going somewhere is is is, is the real joy of it often and that's the fallacy of the jet plane that it abolishes distances between places and all places which have a distance abolished between them become the same place so there's no point going to tokyo if it's already los angeles i mean this is the thing uh, yes, there's a hand here. Is it possible that in the word seek that we are trapped in a Western word, that it seems as though you're projecting it as, as going down the road, as though we were going out to look for something? Well, the comment is about seeking. Is it necessarily a road, like taking a road, or is uh, seeking also conceivable as readiness to receive? Well, of course, the road isn't a merely Western analogue. It's a very common metaphor. The, the path and the stages of the path, the steps of the path, are used in both East and West. But the Chinese word for the way is Tao, T-A-O. And the path is what we're looking for. In the Chinese sense, you see, the Tao is the works, baby. That is the witch than which there is no witcher. And the, the, to be in harmony with the way, to be on the way, you see, but the Tao isn't going anywhere. And that's like uh, when the Chinese poet is wandering in the forest and he looks at the clouds 
And he says, where are they going? No one knows. Where does this path lead? No one cares. I'm wandering on and on in a great forest without thought of return. That is poetic feeling to the, the Far East, both to the Japanese and the Chinese. They call that spirit Yugen. And uh, it's the mysterious going nowhereness of things. The wandering spirit. So that sort of seeking is uh, different from anxiety to get something in the future which you don't have now. Yeah, so he's so eloquent with the way he, he you know, explains the stuff and it just, uh, you know, he says meaning is symbols. It's referent of words, you know. So whenever you try and give meaning to something, you instantly lose the thing. Um, when we ask questions, we reduce life to words. If you seek it, you lose it. Um, and when you can start thinking of it like this, you know, and <laughs> like me and like so many of us, you know, you've got this logical brain and, uh, we've got the creative side. We've got the logical side that can tell there's a lot going on in your logical brain. And so you're trying to figure it out and it, 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 how can you fit? It's like trying to figure out music. Uh, there's no real purpose. <laughs> it's the articulation of wonderful patterns. Uh, so if you, you know, you just uh, realize the purpose, you know, uh, there is no purpose in a sense, in a good sense. Uh, you know, nothing matters, but everything counts. I like that statement I heard many, many years ago. Nothing matters, but everything counts. So seeking takes you away from what you're looking for because every search supposes I'll find it later. You know, and that man, as a as um, someone who has a sweatshirt from 15 years ago that says truth seeker on it, I can relate. It's like you're postponing everything by making it out there and I've got to find something, you know, just dancing in the moment instead of, you know, um, instead of trying to discern meaning, you know, just being is the meaning like the original quote that that. You know, I, I quoted from Alan Watts. So, uh, of course, seeking can be fun, he said, but won't get you what you're looking for. Um, it's, a, it's a way of postponing. Uh, and it's funny, the woman speaks up and asks, well, what do you propose? Why even come here? Like, he goes, I propose nothing. <laughs> and they all bust you, out laughing right yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Why even come to a lecture? Why listen to this podcast? It's, you know, he said, it's a barren question. Don't ask, why are we here? What are we here? I love that. That's powerful. I mean, the now only matters. What are you now? What are you feeling now? That's all that matters. Unless you live in the now, you have no use for plans because you're always planning for the next future. Um, you know, make make plans in the now. And uh, the search is more fun than finding it. He said, it's kind of like, you know, I think of Christmas Eve. It's more fun Christmas Eve before as a kid before opening your presents than actually opening them in my recollection, you know. And, uh, of course, then he went on daily to, to reference uh, the Tao, you know, the way in Chinese. And uh, But with the Tao's version, it's not going anywhere. No one knows or cares where they're going. Mysterious, uh, you know, mysteriously going, uh, you know, and not knowing where they're going to, just wandering, wandering spirit. And this is different than the anxiety of getting something you don't have now, right? 
And that's really the, the big takeaway is the, let the anxiety of needing to know and just dance in the now and know that there will be unending nows and they're all going to have something unique and magical and special and golden to offer you if you're looking at them through the right eyes. And that really is the meaning of life. <laughs> Look at your now through the right perspective. Yeah. I have uh, given my own playful answer before, Brandon, to that question. Uh, and it's something kind of like what Alan Watts says, but um, I do think that life does and doesn't have meaning intrinsically. Uh, it's it's a you know question that's really at the heart of our experience, right? It's such a juicy question. You know, it's a very sort of uh, you know intrinsically important thing to human beings, right? Because of our nature, we are sentient, conscious, creative beings, right? So what does it all mean? You know, yeah. why are we here? Animals don't care. You know, they're just yeah. busy out there being who they are, yeah, right? Right. Alan Watson, everything you said inspired in me uh, just the recognition that there uh, there are what I see as a lot of sort of common characteristics between meaning and life itself, or what I understand to be life. But I would say that in answer to Pritt's question, everything you said and Alan Watts has got to say is very insightful because it gives you a lot to ponder and a lot to, you know, a lot that is really an insight into this whole thing. Ultimately, you are the one who has to make up your mind about what it all means to you. Yeah. And I think that's really part of the thing is that life has meaning to you and for you, but it's a meaning that no one else can really decide. So it's up to you to give its me, you know, give life its meaning or to find its meaning. Right. right. And you get to define that too. So I think everything you said, Brandy, was really insightful towards that. But um, for example, one of the couple of things that I was thinking seemed funny to me is that meaning seems to be an emergent property of life or an emergent property like life, you could say, because life is an emergent property of the universe, you could say, <clears throat> and that is just, it just is, right? It's, if you could even wrap your con- you know brain around the idea of there being nothing, you know, nothingness, what does that even mean? We can't comprehend that. But guess what? There was something there right. in, in the beginning, right? right? This conscious, creative, intelligent being. And then it exploded into this whole amazing, magnificent universe, you know, that we're referred to. But why, why did it do that? Um, of course, you, you could, you know, try and like find the reason, the meaning for it all. But ultimately, it just is, right? It, mm-hmm. it did this. And, you know, in my opinion, really, it's kind of something that I think you said. But it's like if, if you understand of this being as God, the original creator or creative I intelligence, am. right? Yes. I am. The I am. The I am as itself. It, it, well, it said instead of saying, asking myself, what is the meaning of life? And then coming up with this like awesome answer, what I'm going to do is actually divide myself into billions of separate minds and then ask myself that same question. Yeah. Like more a than more billions, billions, I'm times. sure. But yeah. Yeah. I know so, what you mean. <laughs> yeah. So it's like creating, creating this game, but uh, it's, it shares in a lot of those same kind of uh, Taoistic properties that uh, he also references, like meaning is something that like life is emergent, but if you try to sort of apprehend it and if you're trying to like squeeze it real tight and filter it through the machinery of your ego, your mm-hmm. mind and that whole thing, then I think you can suck dry the the essence of it. So then it becomes empty words, right? Yeah. So it eludes you. If you try to apprehend it real like tightly, it escapes you. Yeah. But if you sort of like, you know, just meditate and calm your mind yeah, and just yeah. let it come, it shows up. It's like up. looking at one of those uh, pictures where uh, if you if you kind of um, – become unfocused you'll actually see a picture emerge from what looks like just a bunch of you know uh random images on uh you know what i'm talking about i exactly. forget what those things are called paintings where you you look at them stare at them long enough all of a sudden something pops out but uh 
Yeah, sit back, relax, and let let it just pop out in the now. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and yeah, uh, contemplate everything we've said and everything you know. Any anyone whose opinion and you know uh, whatever they got to say on the subject resonates with who you are or you know what you think is true. But ultimately, don't be afraid because you get to decide it uh, in the end anyway. Yep. So whatever you go for, guess what? The universe is happy to take your answer. And mm-hmm. be like, oh, I got and, another, and then reflect got another it meaning of life. Yeah, yep. uh, here's another meaning of life. Now let me reflect that back to them because they're creating their reality. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, awesome, awesome. Well, I'm so uh, grateful that Pritt uh, ridden with another insightful question that led us down uh, pretty much this entire episode. So, uh, but man, we could probably go on and on about this one. But we are out of imaginary time for this episode. Uh, Dalian, what do we have uh, in way of musical? tasting for the listeners i picked the musical tasting today we've been alternating with our picks bernie but yeah, uh, today we, i picked a spangle track ah, called uh, it's, yeah spangle's it's gonna be at envision uh in costa rica that i'm heading to in a couple weeks um awesome i'm very jealous uh of you or are very happy for you that's gonna be an awesome <laughs> show i'm sure <laughs> yes exactly uh, spangle has been one of my favorite artists for a few years now but uh, this track is called Invisible Man in a Fluorescent Suit. So, yeah, even though the name is really funny, I That's think the awesome. music will speak for itself. So you will Wonderful. You will and before we check out the musical tastings for today, I would like to add, if you have enjoyed this positive download from our hearts and minds to yours, please Take a minute, give us a rating or review on iTunes, since iTunes is the holy grail of all things podcasting. Uh, your good reviews help us to reach more listeners. Also, we would be extremely appreciative if you would tell your friends and family about the show. Our sincere intent with the Positive Head podcast is to spread positivity to the world because, well, because we're selfish, quite honestly. Uh, I say that jokingly, but really only halfway joking. I'm referring to the good kind of selfish based on the knowing that we all get what we give in this life because when we give, we're actually always giving to extensions of self since we're all really one in the same consciousness, just in different bodies. So if you want to be a good selfish along with us by helping to spread the positivity, by all means, please proceed to shout about the Positive Head podcast from your rooftop. (laughs) Otherwise, As you continue on your fabulous journey in this 3D reality, be sure to remember this. As long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone, and thank you for being.
ghost didn't seem to do anything. But then I took a really big hit. Yeah. <laughs> 